Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. I'm Alfredo Arteaga. I do have Simon Clancy here. I have Chris Kaufman here. And before we do the news, let me welcome a new sponsor to the show, ShipYourCarNow.com. These guys can move your car, boat, RV, motorcycle, or equipment anywhere you need in the world. Are you a business owner and need to ship freight or machinery? Call them. Move away to college or just leaving the state. Don't drive your car there. Ship it there. Call our friends at shipyourcarnow.com. Here is the number, 1-800-264-4644. One more time, 1-800-264-4644. Or, of course, visit them at shipyourcarnow.com backslash five reasons. Don't forget to mention five reasons when you give them a call. There's no job too big or too small. Give them a call and see what Ship Your Car Now can do for you. All right, guys. So we had some news this week. One of which, of course, is that Russell Wilson is no longer going to be available to us. He's a Seahawk for life, it seems. But... There was some other stuff on Rashad Jones. What was it, Simon? Uh, essentially, he's not going to perform at the voluntary minicamp. He has decided to train on his own. Uh, Brian Flores was asked whether or not uh, it was an issue. He said lots of people have trained away during a voluntary minicamp. Then he was asked whether or not Rashad was unhappy and whether or not he wanted to be traded, to which he replied, you'd have to speak to Rashad about that, kind of opening up what seems like a bit of a fissure. Um, although Flores says that he and Jones speak every day, but I would suspect that he would be definitely somebody that, as we've discussed many times, will look to be potentially moved. I mean, he's not going to be cut. 
uh, Chris has made that fairly obvious in his voluminous post that people don't seem to quite understand. But um, uh, and I'm not entirely sure why because it's pretty obvious. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it looks like um, uh, it looks like not cracks at all. But you know, you're thirty. Shadjo's thirty years old. Why would he want to be part of a rebuild? You know, he's probably not got that long left in his career in terms of you know his declining health. And you probably want to try and win. You don't want to play for a team that's going to finish. You know bottom of the pile um and i i kind of understand that so and we'll see how it plays out pile is the operative word here mm-hmm. i thought the way that the way if you watch the press conference the way that um brian flores handled it was a little bit i don't know odd he kind of he tried to gloss over it as much as he could really while being upfront about it that rashad jones is not there and he's not going to be there and he emphasized I mean, he probably used the word voluntary about 15 times and, um, and really emphasized that. And which is odd because if you think about, you know, sort of the gruff attitude of Bill Belichick and, and New England, and I, I don't think, you know, I don't think that they would really, he would really emphasize that it's voluntary. I think he wants everybody there. But, um, but Brian Flores was kind of like, you know, really making nice about it. Like this is, oh, this is no big deal. We've been in contact. It's voluntary. It's no big deal. No big deal. And then he was sort of like laughing when he said that, that you're going to have to ask Rashad about that. If it's, um, you know, if he's unhappy with anything or anything like that, I think that the, there's a strong chance that the dolphins have, you know, just like they did with Robert Quinn, just like they did with Ryan Tannehill, I basically said, you know, hey, if there's if there are any suitors out there, any trade suitors out there, or potential trade suitors out there, why don't you go ahead and and negotiate a new deal with them, and um, and then we'll see if we can make it happen. And that's what happened with Ryan Tannehill. That's what happened with Robert Quinn. And maybe they told Rashad Jones the same thing. And maybe his reaction to that is, well, okay, if I'm out the door. You know, I'll be there because Brian Flores emphasized he's been there at every meeting, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's been in the classroom with them. Um, he's just not at this mini camp, mini camp. He's doing his own thing. And so maybe Rashad Jones's response to that is, well, if I'm out the door, I'm not going to go out there and perform at a mini camp where I can get injured right. or something like that and, and, and risk that for a team that it doesn't appear that I'm going to play on. That, that's sort of my theory, my running theory on it. Now, let me ask you guys one thing. I want to ask you first, Simon. I look at Rashad Jones, and I think he's, he would be an invaluable piece to a team that was trying to win a Super Bowl. If he was making, let's say, $6 million a year, you don't think we would have gotten a third-round pick for him by now? No. Really? Not yeah, a third. No, too not much. third. Way too much. Fifth, maybe? I think and a fourth third. is a possible, but you know, fourth is possible. A third is way too much. Uh, he, he'd have to be young. He'd have to be hung, younger to to be worth a third to somebody. But I think that it's possible that Miami could um, could eat enough of his cap space, volunteer to eat enough of his cap space to make him attractive to a team like, say, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, you know, maybe they'd be willing to, uh, to part with a pick for him. That's been floated to me for, you know, several times over the last couple of months, actually, with, specifically with Rashad Jones. Um, so, you know, maybe. But, um, but I, right now, he's got like $13 million due or something like that. And $11 million of it is guaranteed. And I don't, 
yeah, who's who's even going to give a conditional seventh for that? I, I don't know. No, it's I don't a know anybody. It's a disaster so, contract. Yeah. So whatever whatever we get for him is going to be, you know, to the to the extent that we're willing to eat cap space um, and sell it, I guess, if you will, like we did with uh, Ryan Tannehill. Oh, and of course, in other news, Ryan Fitzpatrick is fat. All right, let's move on. Linebackers in this year's draft. Chris, I look at this this slate of linebackers and I'm trying to – and it's happening to me again. It happens to me every single year around this time. I look at these guys so much that by, by this point, right before the draft, I just want to trade every single one of our picks for picks next year because I've found every single flaw in every single one of these guys. But mm. is there anybody – can you see them? First of all, can you see them using a first-round pick on a linebacker? And the second part of that question is, can you see them using a second-round pick on a linebacker? Ultimately, no, I don't see them using it. I, th- I think they'll consider it. They'll strongly consider it because I know that Devin White and Devin Bush in particular intrigue them. And um, they're, they're paying attention. They're, and they they're, should. Uh, and they should. And they absolutely should. You're right. They're, they're really good players. They're worth first-round picks. Um, they do all of the things that Miami would want. And that's, that's the important thing. Miami has like sort of a specific thing that they want out of their linebackers in terms of pass rush and blitzing. And both of those guys are good pass rushers and blitzers. Mm. So uh, even though they don't have like the ideal size, I think that Miami might want um, in terms of what they present as, uh, as blitzers, they do. So, so they, yeah, they should be intrigued and they are, and they're working both of those guys out. Ultimately, do I think that's going to happen? No, I don't think that's, those are either one of those guys are going to end up the pick one way or another. However it works out. I just don't have a feeling it's not going to be. But um, but they should be because those are really good players, and I think that they they stand at the top. They should stand at the top. Um, they should be first round picks. Personally, I would say you know I I was floored by the film that I watched on uh, Blake Cashman of Minnesota, and um, and I thought that he belongs you know sort of up there with those guys as well rounded, extremely extinctual extinctual linebackers that can move and I mean really move like really move well and uh physical you know good leverage good hands everything um I think there are those are complete linebackers they're not you know 100% of a strike you know square on what Miami is looking for I think Miami's looking for more of a big guy like a six foot two six foot three uh 250 pound you know very strong type of player who can play off-ball linebacker on one down and then the next down move out to the outside and play like a like a pass rushing outside linebacker, somebody like that. I think the most square hit that you get, and Simon, you've talked about him before, we've talked about him, is Jelani Tavai of Hawaii. Mm. And, um, and I think that that's, that might be the, the best fit. But um, but certainly there are there are strong. This is an important position, Simon. I think uh, for for Miami transitioning to a New England style defense because they don't have linebackers that do what New England's linebackers can do. Absolutely, and we've been told that you know that that um, Jerome Baker, uh, line, no, uh, McMillan has been studying Dante Hightower. That Jerome Baker has been studying Carl Van Noy in terms of how they want to play. You know, and Baker has that ability. You you know, move him around. He's a chess piece. He's a kid that can attack the line of scrimmage. He can blitz. He can cover. 
you know, he can do all sorts of things. Uh, he is undersized, but he's probably not that much more undersized than a couple of linebackers that, that the Patriots have, have, have got on the roster. In terms of the draft, I mean, you make the, the point to vise you know, the, the Hawaii kid just looks like he could fit a lot of bills. I mean, I'm uh, I'm on record as saying that Devin, I think Devin Bush is the best linebacker in the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I you know, I, th- I think, you know, there is so much that he does, so much that he does. Well, you know, you watch him play. He's got the snap on contact. He has range. He's got great hands. He disengages better than any linebacker in the draft. I think Devin White's very, I, I think, White perhaps lacks some of those top-level instincts. I think it's a bit of a drop-off then to Mac Wilson. But the Dolphins have been showing us. We've been we've been talking about certainly on our social media accounts. We've been following those. The Dolphins have been showing an awful lot of interest in an awful lot of linebackers. You know, they've had lots of people in for visits. I mean, I'm just looking at a list now. I mean, I think Terrell Hanks is a guy that's been in. Trey Lamar of Clemson has been in. Tavion Coney of Notre Dame has been in. Um, we've shown interest in where are we? Uh, Jelani Tavai, as we talked about, uh, Khalil Hodge, I think. Um, Sione uh, Takitaki of, of BYU came in the other day. The the, the Maryland kid, um, mm. whose name escapes me, but he um, Trey Lamar. He was or somebody no, else. Trey, Trey, uh, Trey Watson. Sorry, Trey Watson. Yeah. Trey Watson. Um, you know, um, there's there's all sorts. It's been um, it's been fascinating. They're clearly not happy, or they're clearly you know want to make some moves um, in in those directions. Chris is another guy that that we both like. That you've certainly been on the um, Amike Boule of, of Houston. Another guy that really heavy handed mm. sort of fits the profile in terms of six three two fifty in terms of that sort mm-hmm. of New England linebacker. Um, I think there's a I think there's a number of really interesting players in this draft that that I certainly think we you know we might invest two maybe even three picks across the draft board but certainly I think two would not surprise me to see two linebackers coming in it's uh there are some interesting interesting players you know if you're looking for for off ball linebackers I think you'll find them and you know you look at the top end like it, it feels like Devin White's going to go off the board if we stay at mm-hmm. 13 before that pick. Yeah, Bush and Bush. White might both be off the board. Yeah, right? absolutely, and I think Bush goes off certainly goes off the board before twenty, and probably in the mm-hmm. top fifteen actually. So you kind of feel like you're going to have to stay at thirteen if you want to take Bush, because if you do trade down, I don't think you're going to be able to get him. The drop off. Then you watch the Buccaneers and the Broncos because they're exactly. both linebackers. Yeah. Exactly, and then the drop off to Mac Wilson, who doesn't feel like he's the kind of that doesn't yeah. really feel like the right kind of guy. And then it's a bit of a toss-up as to who you know who you feel is is next. And there's some, you know, it's interesting to see some of the names that they are bringing in. You know, the the tacky tacky kid from BYU. Mm-hmm. You watch his game against Wisconsin when BYU shocked Wisconsin at the start of the year. I think he had 23 tackles in that game. He's absolutely <laughs> everywhere, but he's not a guy that fits the style, the size, you know, the the height, not the weight. size. No, but absolutely. but I'll give you this: in 2017, he was a pass rusher. Absolutely, like, that absolutely. was his that was his position. His position Absolutely. was an outside linebacker pass rusher. And then in 2018, he moved to the interior to be like a middle linebacker type. And that that makes him fit what Miami yep. wants because they Absolutely. want the half and half guy, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let, me give you, let me give you a name that since I watch a lot of ACC football, this guy was extremely productive last year. And I, I've seen all the grades that he gets and everything has him like somewhere – you know, mid-round, maybe third, fourth, even possibly fifth round. But he's always struck me as a really good prospect, and that's Jermaine Pratt of North Carolina State. What's wrong with him, and what's right with him, Simon? Oh, I mean, 
he's an interesting guy. I mean, I've not, I haven't seen that much of him, um, but what I, what I have seen of him, I think he's a. I mean, he's what is he? I'm just looking at his height right now. He's what six two two forty. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a little. The runs are what four five? Was it four five six? Four five four, seven? Five, seven. The combat. He's yeah, a pretty, exactly. He's a pretty heavy. Like he's a pretty heavy thudding dude. Like he 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 has. And he, plays, and he plays with mass. a lot of violence. Like if you I, watch him, he sticks people. I, think I honestly struggle. think he over pursues a little bit. And yeah, and I, I think he struggles to get off blocks a little bit. Just stuff there. Yeah, I mean, he's another guy as well, isn't he? I think wasn't he a DB? Didn't he? Did, he, was, he, he, started? Yeah, he started his career at North Carolina State as a free safety, and actually that's right, yeah. there. So that's right. I, I think he um again. I suppose I, I think he's played inside. He's played outside. He's played free safety. Um, so in terms of that versatility, certainly that that is intriguing. I think Chris is right in terms of the over pursuit. I think it's times also. He struggles to get off blocks, but he's quick. He's instinctive. Uh, he, he's a good tackler. Um, he's not. He's not my cup of tea. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, I think there are linebackers I like much more than him. Um, to, but it would be feel like the same guy. To Alf's point that you were making earlier was like you're you're saying. I just want to lay off all these guys. I find all the flaws in them, and. You know, I'm just like, wait till next year. A lot of linebackers, I have a lot of the same experience when I'm watching these linebackers. I just feel like every time I, I move on to, to these different linebackers, I'm like, well, I've seen you before. You know, I, <laughs> I mean, there's yeah. so many of them look exactly, look and play exactly the same. And it's not very interesting. Um, you know, and, and sometimes, I'm not saying all the time, but sometimes Jermaine Pratt is like that to me. Is like, well... Yeah, but I feel like I've seen it. <laughs> I feel like mm-hmm. I'm seeing it in some of these other guys. I feel like I'm seeing it in Tavon Coney. I feel like I'm seeing yeah. it in Mac Wilson. I feel like I'm seeing it in Cameron Smith or, or Bobby mm-hmm. Okarike or, you know, like like they're running together. They're they're not really – you're not really showing me something that says, okay, you're going to end up being a really, a really strong linebacker at the next level. I think Jermaine Pratt really does close on the quarterback really well um, yeah. when he's blitzing. I mean, he, he makes some, some really nasty hits and he's got, um, he's got size to him. I think he's got mass to him with the way he has. And that's what, but he's also, he's also a little off leverage a lot because he, you know, maybe he took a couple steps too far or something like that. That's my, my, uh, criticism. the, the two things I think that stand out for him is, and as I mentioned, the free safety, uh, he doesn't look unnatural in coverage at all. He's a no. guy that you can line up into, you know, he's, he's a three down player. But secondly, he's, you know, as I mentioned, he's tackling. He is a sure tackler. And in, mm-hmm. in the modern game, you, you, you don't, you know, there are less and less sure tacklers. You know, mm-hmm. the, the Cashman kid that we talked about in Minnesota, he's a good tackler. You know, but I, I think you look around the NFL, there aren't that many. There are the, you know, maybe 15 years ago, there were lots of sure tacklers. I don't think there's nearly as many. And whether it's coaching thing, whether it's a concussion thing, whether it's the fact that, you know, uh, college practices are less and less, NFL practices are less and less. They don't go full speed nearly as much as they used to. I wonder whether or not it's a, it's symptomatic of a change in the safety aspect of football in that sure tackling is kind of not quite what it used to be 10, 15 years ago. He fits Miami, though, I think, because he he's, he's good against the run. Miami wants linebackers that, you know, when, we're, when you're out there to defend the run, we want you to be good against the run. And when we're out there to do something else, then we want you to be good at the thing that we're asking you to do, whether it's pass, rush, or cover. Um, and in his case, they're probably going to ask him to, de- you know, you're out there to defend the run right now. These are, these are the downs that you're out there to do it. 
And so he's going to do that. He's, he's very good at that. And then on other occasions, okay, now we're going to blitz you up the a gaps or something like that. And, and he can do that. He's got a really good, you know, pass rush productivity and efficiency and, and stuff like that. He can do that. Um, you know, is he, does he, does he look really agile and really explosive and, and really fast and, and stuff like that? No, maybe, but maybe Miami doesn't in the new system doesn't ask for that. I don't know. Um, I, I like him. I don't love him. I mean, there's, there are guys that I love. I love Devin White and, and Devin Bush and Blake yeah. Cashman. I think that, um, you know, in particular, the fits for Miami would include straight on Jelani Tavai. Um, yeah. Because, not just because of the size and, and the fact that he can pull that double duty, but because of the way that he's a leader on that defense too. And, and he's going to go higher he, than people think as well. Yes, much higher, much higher. Um, it wouldn't surprise think, me if he went in the second round. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm you know, kind of hearing today. Um, Dane Brugler has been floating that today. You, know, you could see him go in the second round. And I think it's all going to be the teams that, that play like Miami does. It's going to be like you know, the Titans and the Ravens and the Dolphins and, uh, and the Patriots themselves. They're the ones that are going to be after him, I think. And, um, and so, you know, watch out. But, um, but he's, he's, he strikes pretty square. I think Justin Hollins of Oregon, um, yeah. he's an outside linebacker pass rusher Another right now. Another guy the Dolphins have shown interest in. Absolutely. Um, he ran in the four fours. I watched him in the Shrine practices, and then, you know, he got MVP in the Shrine game. If you're wondering how he's going to be played, how he fits at the next level, look at the Shrine game itself because he did everything in that game. You know, he was a he was an outside linebacker pass rusher in the game. He was, you know, sort of an on-the-line Sam. He was an off-ball linebacker in the game. He was covering um, – and and he was making plays, and that's and that he got the game MVP because he was used in all those different ways, and so I think he's a very intriguing and also just a tremendous athlete. Uh, he's six foot five, like two hundred and forty some odd pounds or something like that. Um, he's a very big guy. He's a very strong guy. I think that he's a strong candidate for Miami. Mentioned Emeka Egbola um, of the Egbola of uh, of Houston. You know, extremely strong hands. Just so so goddamn physical i think when um when he's engaging blockers tight ends and got, he, he bullies these people around um and then he's also but at houston he's played in some rush roles he's been a very efficient pass rusher not just a blitzer but like an actual pass rusher from the outside um i i'm forgetting the name of the the kid that came out of houston a couple of years ago that that he and that he replaced but it was um it was a, a somebody that um that was a pass rusher like that and uh, he ended up, you know, making this this rocket ship up the boards and going pretty high. Um, another guy that we would we should probably pay attention to, Trey Lamar out of Clemson, because yeah. he's so big and so strong. I mean, this guy is legitimately, you know, 255 pounds or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, I mean, you look at the body and the way it's not just, it's not just the weight, right? It's the, it's the way it's structured, right? He's, he's got, yeah. And he's got this, these big shoulders and, and big arms. I mean, he is Tyus Bowser. That you're right. That's the, that's the guy that, um, that I'm yeah. replaced, yeah. but Trey Lamar has six foot three, 253 pounds with these wide shoulders, big arms. You know, if you want a guy that can stop the run, that guy can stop that run. He is tremendous, absolutely. Yeah. And and he can pass rush too because he's so big and strong. If you want a guy that plays like Dante Hightower, then you're looking at Trey Lamar or yeah. Jelani Tavai. 
if you want a guy that can play a little bit more like um, Kyle Van Noy, then I think you're looking at like a Justin Hollins or, um, or you know, uh, maybe a Mecca Egbele, somebody like that. I think if you're looking for the, I think if you're looking for the Gerard Mayo, that takes you back to Tavai, and I'll tell you why. Because the one thing that stands out for me most of all, and the one thing that will make him very high on, you know, you could see, easily see him as a third, number three linebacker on the Dolphins board, and it's his ability to process and his yeah. ability pre-snap to understand where people need to be and where he's supposed to be and what's happening is kind of elite level processing is the sort of thing that is going to make the Dolphins defensive coaches and Chris Greer start to really, you know, get excited because that's the sort of thing that you're looking for. You know, you look, you know, you, Patrick Graham talked about what he was looking for, heavy-handed guys, intelligent guys, tough guys that's what he wants in his defense versatile guys and uh, you know that's tick 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 and tick as well you know if you're looking for i think he boiled it down to like his hands his leverage and his eyes like that was those were the three things and that's him (laughs) his eyes are tremendous his eyes i mean you can't fool him you can't fool him on where where the ball is going all right, really, now let, me, really let me ask you guys about a, another guy. It, it always strikes me every single year when it's draft time, and I watch a guy who's been highly productive his entire college career and was a top prospect coming out of high school, is thought of so little by the scouts, and maybe you guys could shed a little bit of light on this because I think I know why he's going to be dropping on so many boards, and that's Deshaun Davis. Deshaun Davis is out of Alabama. He plays for Auburn. He chose Auburn over Alabama. He was one of the top recruits in the state of Alabama. And if you know a little bit about high school football, the best high school football is played in Florida, Alabama, Texas, those three states. Deshaun Davis has been highly productive for the Auburn Tigers. I, he has a sixth-round grade. What's wrong with him, Simon? And I mean, it's I think it's even a look. I mean, I, I think he's limited athletically. Um, I mm-hmm. think he's probably protected by – um, a, a guy uh, who's going to be a top five, top six pick next season, the the big defensive tackle at Auburn. I think that's kind of helped him out a little bit. I think he's speed deficient. Um, I don't think he's a particularly, you know, he's not somebody that's going to come downhill and plug a gap as a run defender um, because I don't think he's a particularly short. He's not just somebody that's going to stick their nose in. Um, I'm not, uh, I mean, to me, he's a special teams guy maximum i don't think he's a lot more than that really i just think you know he's a tough guy and that's that's something that graham's interested in but you know i just don't think that you are i just don't think he fits what what the dolphins are looking for and i think ultimately he's a special teams kind of guy who probably in two or three years isn't even in the league frankly i'll say this if the dolphins play in the iron bowl we need this guy playing middle linebacker for us because he's had three iron balls you got to look at the numbers from those three games. You, we, we, talk, Joel, we just talked about there about Jelani Tavai and the thing that stands out in terms of his elite processing. I think Davis is one of the guys that you flip it. He's, he is a bad processor. I don't think he's particularly instinctive and I don't think mm-hmm. he particularly does a lot of pre-snap work that makes you sit up and take notice. And I think that would turn the Dolphins coaches off. I'll throw a name out there for you as like a comparison. And it's, it's, a, lot, it's a player that ended up being the same I think, as Deshaun Davis, and that's Jeff Luke. Jeff Luke was a five-star uh, prospect coming out of high school. And, you know, when it just came – yeah, when it just came down to, uh, you know, him coming into the NFL, in the end you're looking at a guy who's not particularly tall, not particularly big, 
not particularly fast, yeah. and he's a two-down run defender. That's what Deshaun Davis is. He's 5'11 and 234 pounds. He doesn't have long arms or anything like that. He's not fast. He's, he's definitely not fast. Um, you know, he's probably one of those four nine type, you know, type guys. Yeah, yeah. And, and in the end, you know, what does he, what does he do for Auburn? What is he good at? He's a thumper. Now you can get that guy to d- play a role for you uh, somewhere in the NFL. Um, I, Vince Williams for the Pittsburgh Steelers kind of comes to mind. Um, but, uh, but you know, it's going to be limited. It's going to be really limited if, if he survives at all. And then you're looking at, okay, well, he's a run stop. He's a run stopper. Um, that isn't particularly good in pass rush. Uh, you definitely can't rely on him to cover, um, and and all this, all these things. But why am I going to take him above like Jermaine Pratt, who's kind of the same thing, but a little bit yeah. better in all of them, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and actually, so it actually has some you know, speed. Yeah, and actually has some speed. He's like about four, five, nine, you know, four, six four, five, speed. Four, five, seven at the guy, Yeah, and this guy does not, you know. Right. So. So I think that that's that's really what happened to him. Um, you know, Joe Deneen is another guy like that. Uh, although he's a little bit taller, he's six. He's he's six two, um, and I do like him. But I mean, you, you're kind of looking at it, you're like, well, is there anything special about you though? And that because because otherwise it's really hard. Listen, if you're going to be a three down linebacker in the NFL, you either got to be a really good cover guy or you got to be a good really good pass rush guy. And then on top of it, both of them have to layer their good run stopping ability. So, um, which of those is he? <laughs> He's not either. Yeah. Right, guys, coming up, we will talk defensive backs, and it's a hell of a class, both at cornerback and at safety. But first, this. You're listening to the Five Reason Sports Network. We've created a menu of intelligent and entertaining content on demand for commutes, workouts, and more. And by now, you're already familiar with the 15 different podcasts in our network. Today, we are proud to announce the premiere of our brand new website, 5 On it, you'll find columns from more than a dozen of our hosts, many who are professional writers in the market. Watch original videos from shows like Miami Heat Beat and Balls Cast. Browse our full merchandise shop. And unlike other outlets in the area, there's no paywall. Everything is absolutely free. All of this from a network that's credentialed from all five major sports teams in South Florida. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's free? We're by Miami for Miami. We're sports on your schedule. We're Miami Sports On Demand. We're the Five Reason Sports Network. Go to FiveReasonSports.com today. Hi, this is Craig Mish from Swings and Mishes here on the Five Reasons Podcast Network. Just in case you missed any of our podcasts in the past, here's what you missed. We have been um, extremely aggressive in, in trying to acquire additional uh, international dollars, not just for, you know, uh, potential free agents with two first names. It's nice that that ownership is, is fully supportive and allowing us to, to, to do everything in our power um, to be um, the best team in, in, in this region, in the gateway to America, and, and, and for Miami to become a destination spot for, for all Latin players uh, because, you know, this is such an international city.
And welcome back to Three Arms Per Carry. I am Simon Clancy, uh, along with my friends Chris Kaufman, Alfredo Artiaga. We are, what are we, 11 days away from the draft? Nine days away from the draft? Nine, it's, it's nine, nine days. days. It's getting exciting. It must be exciting. Like I mean, it 5, must be. I know. It's, I, mean, it's, I mean, when I was 20 years ago, the draft used to be. Feels like, like yeah. The draft should have happened three weeks ago. <laughs> it should, really should, shouldn't it? Really should. Anyway, we are at the exciting point of the show, which is uh, my favorite. I think probably my favourite position group in the entire draft, which is defensive backs. Um, Dolphins obviously will look to increase the number of defensive backs on the field uh, this season uh, from playing like three and four. <laughs> I'm being facetious with three, but you know, the fact that we, we barely played any more than we were supposed to, whereas the Patriots would sometimes play, you know, six, seven, probably on occasions eight defensive backs. You know, oh my you, look at the, you look at the players that they had, Stefan Gilmore, um, any, do they ever know how to word for that? Exactly. I mean, like, what's that package called when it's eight defensive backs? I mean, the non-Miami package, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, you have Gil- you have Gilmore as a lockdown, of which we have Xavier as a lockdown. Then they had Jason McCourty, they had Patrick Chung, they had Dwayne I once Harmon. asked. That leads me to a pretty good story. I once asked uh, a coach that shall not be named, "Why wouldn't you just play eight defensive backs on third and 15? And his answer was, who do you expect to tackle on the field? It was Matt Burke, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And my answer, I wanted to argue with him and tell him, well, if they don't catch the ball, you don't have to tackle anybody, Mr. Burke. So, corners. Let's let's start with corners first because it's a a, – no names, obviously. It's a fascinating corner class as far as I'm concerned. There are some very interesting candidates, much for me, much like Devin Bush. My mm-hmm. favorite corner in this draft is is Byron Murphy of Washington. I think is uh, just a phenomenal off ball corner in terms of a, you know a zone coverage corner. Um, I think he is fascinating, but I think scheme specific to that, I think he struggles a bit more in press man. I think he just has incredible ball skills, hands on so many footballs. I just think he reads the game so well. But you know, you go down the list, you look at. I mean, Murphy, you're Greedy Williams, you've got Dee Dee Baker, you've got Justin Lane, Julian Love, uh, Rocky Arsin, the, the Presbyterian kid who went to Temple. You've got uh, Sean Bunting, I mean, the Central Michigan kid mm-hmm. who's, you know, a really interesting player. You've got uh, Isaiah Johnson, who Chris, you know, Chris Love's a Houston player, and there's yeah. Isaiah Johnson. You've got Joe Juan Williams, you've got the, the Peavy kid at Iowa, you've got the boys at Kentucky. You know, you know there's there are... Whatever you like, really, there is an Trayvon Mullen. You know, Trayvon Mullen of Clemson. You've got Justin Lane of Michigan State. You know, there's some real Armani. Uh, or- Orawara. Oh, I can't even say his name. <laughs> the kid from Penn State. I take, I take, I'm, I'm gonna take, I don't take a shot at it. Go on. Right. Armani Oriwave. Mm, it's better than I. It's better than me. I get like a seven and a half. In fact, let, take... let, me go get, let me go get his pronunciation. It is Oruwawi. A. <laughs> Oruari A. Oruari That is how you say his name. Okay. I think on the seventh try, you might have gotten pretty close to it. Well, because I'm looking at the, the phonetic spelling of his name, and it's, it's like odd. Oruari A. Oruari A is how yes. you pronounce it. Yeah. Shall I tell you a, a under-the-radar cornerback that the Dolphins will be all over because of can you pronounce his, his name? Yeah, I can absolutely nail his name. It's probably the okay. easiest name to nail. Um, nice. It's a guy that people haven't talked about at all, but you look at his short shuttle, you look at his three cone, 
I mean, they are elite, and that's we know. Obviously, that's what the Patriots put in it, a lot of stock in, and that's David Long of Michigan. His mm. movement numbers are phenomenal, and mm. the Patriots were all over him at the Michigan Pro Day. Um, I know a couple of people at Michigan who I've spoken to subsequently after being out there last year and said that the, the Patriots were all over David Long. I can mm. see the Dolphins being in a very similar situation over a kid that we have not talked an awful lot about in terms of he's not really been in the bigger picture. But, you know, you look at the, the top guys. I mean, where, where do you boys stand on on Murphy and on Williams, obviously, who's probably, the you know, a guy who, you know, a really good down the field technician in terms of being able to stay close with guys deep down the field. Less so, I think, on underneath routes on crosses. I think he, you know, there, I've seen consider him give up considerable gaps. And then Baker, I suppose. Baker is probably the the kid that play. I think he, I think, I he think he's 50, my favorite. Corner. Yeah, I think he played fifty six percent man, forty four percent zone last year. I think, which is just like what just like what Miami's going to do. Absolutely, that's, that's almost Absolutely. the exact split. And his his split was was the closest in terms of percentage wise of having played both than than mm. um, anybody else in the nation. So it's fascinating to see. I saw Albert Breer yesterday say that he'd heard that a lot of teams thought Rocky Sin would be the first corner off the board. A lot of teams like Justin Lane, the long long arm corner at Michigan State. There's um there's a lot of there's a lot out there, isn't there, boys? Mm. I think um, as you as mentioned already, Didi Baker, uh, DeAndre Baker might be. My favorite overall corner, and I said, "Listen, let's not make it too complicated here." I've been watching him for a couple of years. He's been a playmaker for a yes. couple of years. He's been a shutdown corner for a couple of years. He doesn't allow touchdowns. What is he? Has he? He says he's never allowed a touchdown. I, I, I think that you know maybe PFF or someone one of those might disagree and say that he allowed a touchdown maybe years ago. But um, he, he's he's a shutdown corner. He's been a great corner. And to your point, Simon, um, about Byron Murphy, uh, you know, and his being sort of an off-ball zone corner, even the most man-oriented schemes in the NFL, which are the New England Patriots, and now we assume the Miami Dolphins, are about half and maybe a little bit more than half man, yeah. right? I mean, so so these guys coming in, they have to be able to play off-ball um, corner. They have to be able to play uh, zone and because – in the NFL, there's no such thing as just, you know, pure man or, or you know, pure zone, I think. But um, so, so yeah, I mean, there is a place for those Byron Murphys. Ultimately, do I feel like Byron Mur – listen, this corner position, I hate to say it. I know that nobody likes to talk about combine times and 40-yard and dashes and stuff like that. But at the, of, of all positions, this one matters most. It's yeah. the most important um, or the position is the most sensitive to that sort of stuff because it, it is so speed dependent. And, um, and Byron Murphy running a four five five at like only five foot 10 and 190 pounds or something like that. He's a, he's a plow against the run. I mean, he's, he's vicious. I, I give him that. Yeah. He will smack you, but he's smacking you with five foot 10, and 190 pounds. So it's not, you know he's as aggressive as he is it's not um it's not what some other guys will give you that way and then you know is he is he running well enough listen the patriots and, and their man dependent scheme if you look across their their secondary and the guys that play corner there especially the guys that play man outside corner um they're all they're all speedy 
they're all very fast and they have been and they they run you know low four fours four threes you know stuff like that that's that's what they get so you talked about david long and he's got one of the fastest three cone drills ever 645 um but he also ran a four four five. You know he's pretty fast too. Uh, you know he's not just he's not just agile. I think that he's a he's a strong candidate for Miami. Strong candidate for clearly New England since they're all over him. Um, and I, I think Dee Baker is another one of those guys. Although you know did he did he run fast? Did he not run fast enough? Um, I thought it was I thought it was not great at four five two. I don't know if he went back to his uh to his pro day and improved it. Xavier Howard didn't run great at the combine either. I think he's faster than that. But Greedy Williams is is I mean he's so such a good fit for Miami's defense. He I think is. that Alf, you put him you plugged him you plugged him in as as your guy at thirteen in the um in the the mock draft. Yeah. And I, I could see why. You know, I could see why he's such a good fit. He he doesn't give you much against the run, but that's fine. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, you know, the that next time he hits somebody will be the first time. But Yeah, right. But, but he's but he's so tall and lengthy. And, and he's and, so sticky. If you watch him in man coverage, he's so sticky. He's like all, all over the wide receiver on every play, and that's just what you need on the opposite of Xavier Howard. And such, I, think such str- I think he struggles. I don't, I don't like him on underneath routes. I think he can mm. – I think I've seen it too much. Um, ability to give up yardage mm-hmm. and coverage, and, and you know we can talk about yeah he's great down the field. I mean, how many times realistically the team, our teams, it's not like it, we're just lining up and he's running sixty yards down the field, you know, on every snap. Do you know what I mean? It's the the, the way the game is in terms of you know mm-hmm. I, I, he does it. He just he scares me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. But, I mean, to me, I think the you know I think we discussed this a couple. Well, of he's weeks absolutely one dimensional. We can we can all the agree. The, the kid at the the kid well, at LSU. Yeah, I mean, I prefer the other kid at LSU who will be a first-round pick next year, the kid oh, who was suspended yeah. for three years, whose name completely escapes me. <laughs> I mean, I think he's the – of the two of them, I think he's the better he, – I actually think he's the better NFL prospect. But, um, I, yeah, we'll you know, he allowed – Greedy allowed 27 catches on uh, 67 targets, um, you know, which is – I think it's pretty good. I think, you know, he clearly doesn't give you much against the run. I think if you're going to beat him, that is where you beat him, Absolutely is underneath uh i think that he shows me he shows me such good agility and hips it's not like one of these tall guys that allows a bunch of underneath stuff um like jamal peters from mississippi state comes to mind allows a bunch of underneath stuff because they they can't move like sean smith of of you know formerly of utah played for the miami dolphins Mm. you know they're they're so big that they can't move that's not greedy's problem I think Greedy's problems are more technical, and I see that as almost like room for improvement because, you know, he's, he's so physically gifted and so agile and, um, and tall and lengthy and everything that you want that when you start to teach him better technique and he starts to really absorb it, um, he could get scary good. I think that's what, that's what has – he's a very I, – I I've heard that he's very polarizing and clearly even is on this podcast, but um, – I, I think there's potential there. I like him, um, you know, but uh, Isaiah Johnson is my guy as far as somebody I'd buy in the mid-rounds and just, you know, let that guy develop and be awesome because I think 
he's like greedy Williams, except he's, except he's, he'll smack you so hard. <laughs> he's, you know, he's very, very physical. And, um, he's got that kind of speed and that kind of length. And, and he's also got agility. Um, not quite as much as greedy Williams, maybe, but I mean, it's, it's close. It's really, I think he's awesome. Now let me give you guys a guy that shouldn't be polarizing because every time I watch this guy, I try to find a reason not to, you know, not to like him and not to want to draft him all that high. But his film is rock solid, and that's Julian Love. I don't, I don't see a flaw. Maybe he's limited to, I don't know, playing in certain type of defenses, more more zone oriented. But I think he's probably a nickel. Simon, I think he's a nickel. I like him. I like him a lot. I think he's a nickel corner. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's where teams think he will play. Um, I, I just think there's too much noise around him playing inside rather than outside. I think that's probably where he's best suited. Um, one guy I'm quite—I've just seen Dan, Daniel Jeremiah's latest mock draft, which he's just released. His number two corner in this draft that he's just done, going at number twenty to the Pittsburgh Steelers, is Lonnie Johnson of Kentucky, mm. who is all over the board in terms of some people oh. have in the first round, some people have them in the third and fourth round. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there are some, the, the, there's a number of, you know, Mike Edwards, a safety, who, I, again, another potential Dolphin candidate, I think some of the Dolphins have been interested in. Um, but Johnson is a really, I mean, I can't think of many more polarizing prospects in the entire draft than Lonnie Johnson in terms of where his stock is right now. Well, he's big. Absolutely. <laughs> I think he, he is. He's all over the place. I watched, I used to watch um, Kentucky's secondary uh, in 2017. Um, and it really stood out to me because of, you know, it wasn't just, it wasn't one guy. Like I was trying to isolate one guy. Okay. Well, who's the guy, who's the man here? And if Mike Edwards wasn't the man, then, you know, it was um, you know, Derek Beatty or it was, uh, you know, um, the, the other guy, uh, Darius, uh, Darius something or other, um, who's uh, Darius West, who's West, a, yeah. a safety there. Um, and another guy that I like, and actually underrated guy, if you want a guy to just pick up as a UDFA, that is, that is you know, unbelievable. And uh, athletically, Chris Westry uh, from Kentucky also. Um, secondary is just full of talent, absolutely full of talent. I watched Lonnie Johnson, and actually, I didn't like him that much uh, in 2017. He, they kind of mixed him, he and uh, Chris Westry, up a lot. Um, I wanted to see Westry play some more. You know, it's just it wasn't uh, it wasn't all that compelling to me. I watched him again this year. He, he clearly had grown into it. He's six foot one. I think he's he's got so um, physically uh, attractive at six foot one and 213 pounds that with 30 nearly 33 inch arms i mean that's why it's his frame it's his frame and you know he's he's got good speed too he's four five um i think that's what's getting people but i just i'm not there i'm not there on him he's, his, his tape isn't there his senior bowl he was at the senior bowl wasn't he and, and he wasn't yeah that good right. um so i, mean, I don't know it's interesting, I it's interesting all the power to them. Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting the names that the Dolphins have, have brought in. Trayvon Mullen, obviously, that we talked about. Have Clemson is the guy that they've, they've shown interest in, um, as have uh, Michael Jackson. Oh, wait. he No, he volunteered himself, remember? He did. He yes. did. He showed and up he on got, their doorstep. He got in the building. Uh, Michael Jackson of, of <laughs> He's Miami. He's worth the traffic just for that alone. Absolutely. Jimmy Morland of James Patterson is a guy that they've had in. Oh, I Derek love that guy. Bates, Derek Beatty of Kentucky is a guy that, that's been in. Donnie mm-hmm. Lewis of Tulane. Derek Thomas of Baylor. And then even Kadar Holman of Toledo. I mean, you go down the list. Mm. I mean, Chris, you just mentioned the guy there. Um, you know, Moreland. 
really good player. But you look even, you know, you've got guys like Kendall Sheffield and Ham Cheevers and, uh, and Beatty, who we talked about, Xavier Crawford, who was the guy that was lined up on the other side against um, against uh, uh, Sean Bunting, who was a kid I really liked. I mean, the, the, this draft is loaded well into yep. day three for, for, for decent defensive backs, isn't it? And your guy, yeah. Mark Fields. Mark Fields, the guy that the guy that Davo Swinney said was the best man cover corner on the on the Clemson roster, um, you know, over Trayvon Mullen, so uh, an absolute speed demon. But yeah, what about the safety position? Because again, that is another position that is absolutely loaded. And again, you go, you know, Taylor Rapp, and the, uh, you know, there's 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 something for everybody. You know, if you want mm, cover yeah. guys, then there's there's one there's one Thornhill. If you want guys who are going to come down into the box and, and, and knock the snot out of you, then you've got Jonathan Abraham. You mm-hmm. know, you want guys who can play inside, outside, can play free safety, can play single high. Then you've got Chauncey Gardner Johnson. You've got Nazir Adley. You want guys who can play, you know, deep center field safety. Then you've got Deontay Thompson. You've got a, uh, you've got a lot of nickel um, guys, like guys that can come guys. into that nickel corner type position. And then, you know, we haven't even talked about Darnell Savage and a kid mm-hmm. I really like, Amani Hooker and mm-hmm. Marquise, Marquise Blair and, uh, and Edwards and Saquon Hampton and the guy that, now if you like, Sheldrick Redwine of Miami mm-hmm. and yes, Lucas, Lucas Dennis of Boston College, a guy that shows up on tape. And you just think, again, much like the cornerback, the, you know, it, it feels to me, even though we've got Minka, it does feel like we're not, you know, clearly the coaching staff know what they're going to do, but it doesn't automatically feel like he's going to go straight back to safety. Because his best position has, has been, you know, inside in the nickel. So, you know, you look at the, there's potential for, you know, you, I mean, it's hard to tell what's going to happen with McDonald and with Jones. There's potential for, for both sets of, both flavors of guys, really, isn't there? There's the, the guys that run into the box and smack you in the mouth, but also the guys that can sit deep center field. Again, it's a very, very interesting and very versatile safety class. Mm. And I I'll think give Miami, you, Miami spent some time with Juan Thornhill. I think that's have, worth yeah. it. Yeah. And I'll yes. give you another guy that probably should be in this group, and he's going to be a late draft pick, but I've seen that lately the local beat writers are trying to resurrect his name. A few years ago, the University of Miami poached one of the best athletes in the state of Alabama away from the Crimson Tide, and that was Michael Jackson. And mm-hmm. when he got here, it's it was it was everybody was already counting down the days till he would be a first round pick. Now he's gonna not gonna be a first round pick. He's probably gonna be a fifth or sixth round pick. But what do you think of Michael Jackson, Simon? Uh, this is a guy that had a not a I wouldn't say a great college career, although he seemed to turn it around in his senior year. Do you I think mean, that he could find his way onto, let's say, some coverages? on an NFL team or is he just slated to be one of these one, two, three and out guys? I mean, to me, he, it's, I mean, to me, Jackson, I mean, I didn't like him after the thriller album and thought he did his best <laughs> work with, with a Jackson five. Um, but I mean, to me, he's a corner. I mean, Jaquan Johnson is the kid. I think that if we're talking safeties, I think Johnson is the kid that, um, you know, is the kid that will play safety. I mean, to me, Jackson is a fairly, um, He's a freakish athlete, Michael Jackson. He's a free. He's a totally freakish athlete, but I, I think uh, you know, a six-one, two hundred twenty. It's just playing football that's the problem. Yeah, exactly. Which, you know, it reminds me a little bit of the kid that we talked about, a linebacker earlier on from from Auburn. It feels like you know you've got all the skills, mm-hmm. but does he really? Yeah, you know, this guy. Yeah, Michael Jackson's this, the opposite of this. I'll, I'll say. I'll say this about the corner position, though. It's this is where the corner position is unlike the linebacker position, which is the linebacker position. 
um, you know, and a guy like Deshaun Davis, I mean, the, well, these prospects are unlike each other. Deshaun Davis is not athletic and, you know, the yeah. corner position. But highly, highly, no, highly I mean, productive. I, yeah. When yeah, you no, are I mean, athletic. Instinctive-wise, you know. Yeah, but when you are athletic like Michael Jackson is, because he's six foot two and 208 pounds, uh, not 80, 208 pounds. Uh, he has a 33-inch thir- arm length. 33-inch arm length. So he's got he's got. And he jumps 40 length. inches vertical. Yeah, he's got, four, he's got five, a great, kind of great body, a four, four, five, 40 and a half inch vertical, as you said, I mean, a 10 foot, 10 inch broad jump, uh, 4.12 shuttle. I mean, he's, he's a great, great athlete. I saw him live at the Shrine practices. The very first day that I was there, I was down on the field and I'm looking around and I see him and I, I'm just watching, I'm just watching these guys during individual drills, right? And, and I'm looking at him and I'm like, holy shit, who's that? <laughs> uh, you know, and because you know, I, don't, I don't keep up on University of Miami stuff, so I don't know the guy in, in, in advance. I'm like, you know, wow, who's that guy? That guy really, you know, passes the test, the eyeball test. And I'm watching him and, you know, he's playing and he's, he's actually doing all right in that setting. Um, and I think that that's, that's sort of this position, this corner position is odd in that these guys can go higher from here. Like they might not have been great in college. And then, you know, before you know it, they're like a starter in the NFL because they're so big and so strong or, or and so fast and agile and so gifted that it sort of ends up working out for them and they get snaps. And I think that that's the nature of this position in the NFL is it demands extremely high athleticism and, um, and, you know, great frame and agility and all that stuff and the jumping skills. He's got all of that. So he's going to surface and he's going to play. I mean, that's, that's the way it is. I mean, you just look at how, how good of an athlete he is, the way he's built and his experience in college, he's going to end up playing. I don't know. I, I, I just, I just think he's, I just think hips wise, he's just tight in his hips. Mm-hmm. I don't think his feet are very good. I think he's probably just a zone corner, a cover two corner. Um, and again, he could end up, you know, being out of the league in three, four years time. I think Johnson as a safety, going back to the safeties, I think he has more upside as a prospect. And I, I, it's disappointing the way he he played last season. Um, it's disappointing think, how he played all four years. Well. <laughs> I, I think he. I think he had the. Yeah, I mean, I think he had the ability. You'd looked at it a year ago and thought, you know, he could train on into a into a semi, you know, semi decent prospect, a, a solid day two prospect. And I don't think he did, but I think he has more upside. I think than than. Um, and I wonder whether or not how much of it comes down to coaching. Um, I, I want to ask you this question though about cause getting back to the safety position, right? We're on yeah. safety. Where yeah. um, how much do you think it matters? Because here are two safeties that heading into the year were one thing. And now they're, now it's like, mm, you know, I don't know. Um, Taylor Rapp of Washington and yeah. Deontay Thompson of Alabama. Deontay yeah. Thompson is so slow. He won't even run. He refuses. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, and that's, and that's a very, that's a big concern. Taylor Rapp, when he did run, I think he's, he's tied with Deontay Thompson because he's still not running or he's still not yeah. done running so um so i mean these guys these guys are slow but they were good college players right they were they were really good uh and another guy i'll throw in because he was an excellent excellent college player is malik gant of uh of marshall what what do you do with these guys like what happens to them in the nfl is is the safety position like the corner position where it just absolutely demands that you be so you know impressive or is there a little forgiveness 
Man, I think it's, <sighs> I think it's about instincts, really, at, at the safety position. And if you're slow, you know, I, I guess you can't make I can't you can't make some plays that the faster instinctual guy is going to make. But most most of the time, the guy that's really really fast and is you know is one of those spectacular athletes athletes playing safety is either going to go in the top ten already, and you know it, it's not really going to matter. These are guys that are going to be in the second third round. I think you want the guy that's going to produce. I think you want the productive guy at the mm. safety position. I only get scared about slow guys in the perimeter, to be honest with you. Mm. So I mean, I, I, I think I, tend to, I would tend to overlook it, to be honest with you. I think instinctively Thompson. I mean, he has great instincts, but you want the, you, you want everything in front of him. You mm. don't want him having to turn and run. That's not his mm. strength, and I, and I think that was highlighted against Oklahoma in the in the championship semifinal, where on the no, he had a bad uh, corner uh, that he had to he save, did. literally he really save did. him, saving Smith. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> Um, yeah. uh, as for rap, I don't think you know. I don't think rap again. I don't think he's a, an athletic marvel on any um, on but any he level. Good on film, doesn't he? But he does, and because I tell you why, is because he's ridiculously instinctive. He completely understands what he has to do in terms of the game of football. He and it goes back to the, the Hawaii linebacker that we talked about. I just mm-hmm. think in terms of his football intelligence and his ability to know what he's doing and to read the play and to understand what, what's happening, that makes up for the distinct lack of, you know, because he doesn't look, he doesn't play and he doesn't arrive late to plays, even though he ran a very slow time. I just think he is a kid that, you know, you watch his tape, and you see him break, you know, he's diving in front of balls and he's tipping balls away and he's, you know, he's arriving at the right time. And I, I just think a lot of that is just pre-snap. And it's one of those things where teams will like go, oh, he ran a four, eight, six. I mean, it's not, you know, and then in five years time, we're saying, you know, that's Taylor Rapp's third all-pro selection. Why do why do we miss on this kid? And, and then you go, oh well, we did the same thing with Anquan. <laughs> we did the same thing with Jarvis Landry, and the same thing with Anquan mm-hmm. Bolden, the same thing with Jerry Rice, and look where we are now. Just yeah. you look at those high level, intelligent kids, and I'd, I'd you know I'd much rather one of those, you know, and a guy that can you know look. He's not he's slow comparatively speaking, but he's not slow in reality and I think you'd rather somebody like that than somebody who has got no instincts whatsoever but run you know take Michael Jackson he's got you know I I think these guys can play cover two like cover two safety you know I think that they can play you know sort of like you know maybe man free um where they're using their instincts a little bit more I think when you get a guy back there at free safety the where it shows up and he's slow is you're going to you're going to see some big runs on that defense. Mm. You're going to see like uh, when the when the running back actually breaks through the second level and you don't have a free safety with some jets then um then you know he doesn't he doesn't limit that run. That that ends up going 76 yards into the house. Um so you know that's that's where the danger is I think with a guy like that. I think that uh cover 2 safety you you often feel like you can you can cover up some speed deficiencies. That might be where Deontay Thompson and uh, Taylor Rapp and and Malik Gant and uh, have to mm. make their bones at the next level. Um, you know, I, I think you mentioned though, Chauncey Gardner Johnson is wow, an interesting safety because he's such a good player. But he's also like he's so good. 
it's a it's a bit like Minka Fitzpatrick in that he's it, so it good really from is. the slot. Mm-hmm. He's so good from the slot, and, and it's like a slot corner that you're wondering, you know, well, do I want him back there, you know, deep, or do I want him up there, you know, working the slot like Minka Fitzpatrick does? I think there are a couple of these guys in the draft. If you look at Amani Hooker and the way he plays, if you look at Mike oh, Edwards and the way he, right, these guys these guys play the slot. The, Ugo Amadi of uh, mm-hmm. of Oregon, they they. They play the slot. That's yeah, what they I would do. Say, I would say that Amani Hooker wins the the film pageant out of almost all of these guys because his Hooker's film, a really good player. Yeah, his mm. film pops. It just I mean, you go back to pops. you go back to, to Garner Johnson. You go back two years ago and watch him at free safety. And you're like, right, wow, you did. this kid is really good at free safety. But you, the point you just made is that he looks even better at the nickel. Yeah. <laughs> just, just before we get out of here, and we're 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 about to get out of here. Give us a guy at the top end of the safety board and then a guy that you like, you know, further down, a day three guy potentially. Alpha, start with you quickly. Okay. One guy at the top, one guy at the bottom. Okay, one guy at the top, Nasir Adderley, if you watch him play. Nice. Okay. Uh, he, can't play up to, he can't play up top, but he's more probably suited to be playing near the box. Rashad Jones is not for long. But so. again, he can play inside, outside, yes. corner, and he can play, you know, safety as well. Exactly. Related so, to Herb Adderley, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's his so, nephew. So this, yeah. is, this is a guy who's a natural replacement for Rashad Jones in a year, can't play in a lot of coverages right away. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Nasir Adderley would be my guy out of Delaware. I think and, he can look up top. He's got range. Yeah. yeah I well, I would look range. for him. Start looking for him already as soon as it turns to the second round because teams are on to him already. Mm-hmm. And the guy toward the end of the draft, but I wouldn't say too far, I'd say maybe fourth, fifth round, start looking for him because he's a physical dynamo, and that's Sheldrick Redwine. If you watch him, if you watch enough University of Miami football, all you see is the announcers talking about Jaquan Johnson, and then you watch Sheldrick Redwine run past, right past him to make the play that Jaquan Johnson should have made. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing really wrong with him physically either. You know, he runs under 4'5". He almost jumped 40 inches vertically. He's six feet, almost 200 pounds. He'll hit you. He yeah. can run with 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 cornerbacks because he's played outside a little bit as well because he moved very briefly a couple of years ago to play corner for a three game stretch and was effective there too. So Sheldrick Redwine is a guy I've always liked. Look for him fifth round, definitely in the, in the fifth round. Past the fifth round, he's he's already off the board somewhere. So fifth round, Chris, Sheldrick Redwine. There you go. I'm gonna up top. It's it's been the same guy for months, and I. I want to I want to make sure that people don't think that I'm just following combine times and stuff like that because this was way before he tested anything. But Juan Thornhill of Virginia has been a guy that stood out to me for a long time because of his versatility and the way that he can be used, his versatility and coverage. Um, they used him on that defense in all kinds of different ways. And um, and he did well with all of it. And he had he pulled down like a billion interceptions. He was you know, it's very instinctive ball hawk. And, oh, yeah, he tests out like Byron Jones. I mean, he's, he's you know, he's an yeah. amazing athlete. Um, it, and, and you would have known that sort of – where at least you would have known his vertical if you watched some of his basketball clips. But, yeah, anyway, he's, he's a fantastic player. I think he's a first-round player. He's not being projected to the first round. I would personally do that. Um, so that's my guy. That's my guy at the top. Uh, the guy down at the bottom is somewhere in between Ugo Amadi, who I mentioned before of Oregon. Again, another playmaker. He, um, he has interceptions. He's instinctive. You watch him play. You know, he, he plays at a fast speed, 
on the field. Uh, you know, he's running all out and he's a tackler. Um, the only thing is he's only five foot nine. And, and so some people have feel some kind of way about that. And that's, that's okay. But, um, and the other one is, I mentioned him again already, is from Marshall Malik Gant. And Malik Gant, what he is, is like I said, he might be limited to sort of a cover two because he's, he runs about a 4.6.0 or something like that. Um, and he's not uh, particularly huge either, but he's a box safety. And man, does this guy read his run keys and, and blaze to the football as fast as anybody I've seen in this draft. I don't care how fast they time or what kind of player they are. He's running all out at all times. And these other guys don't run all out at all times because they're reading. You know, they're kind of – they're looking with their eyes, and so they're kind of playing at their comfortable sort of 80% speed. Um, I think that he – I personally believe that he's playing faster than that because he reads things so fast. He's learned to read advanced keys against against the run, really advanced ones. He grades out, like, one of the best safeties in this entire draft. And just because he ran some disappointing stuff at the Combine – I'm not going to just throw him in the garbage. I think that he's a good day three type of guy along with Ugo Amadi. Nice. I'm going to go with Gardner Johnson. I just think I just love his versatility. Um, and uh, he, this the, the guy at the bottom end, I mean, I loved MJ Stewart last year of, uh, of North Carolina. I thought he was a terrific, terrific mm. prospect. And, and Mike Edwards of Kentucky just reminds me of MJ Stewart, just the versatility. This kind of, again, we talked about it all night. Instinctual, the above-average instincts. Uh, he's aware. He's tough. He's going to come down. He's going to smack you in the mouth. Um, I think he can. And I think he's rangy as well. I mean, this is just a, a, a you know a good rangy player who you know he's throwing at Kentucky tape to watch Josh, Josh Allen, and mm-hmm. you see Mike Edwards standing out time and time and time again. He's going to guy. He's going to come down the alley. He's going to smack you in the mouth, and you end up ten years later going hell. Mike Edwards is a really solid pick in the fourth, fifth round. Um, right. I, I just think, again, this is a guy that you can play nickel, corner, you can play too high safety, and, you know, uh, and just that kind of plus size to handle, you know, bigger slot receivers and run support duty. I just think he's a, um, I think he's a really, really interesting player. And um, I, I just think overall, it's a really terrific defensive back class. So we should Leader see of a secondary out. full of NFL players. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There's Leader of some, a secondary full of NFL players. Absolutely. That is not a, um, that's not a bad thing to be. So um, we shall see. Boys, thank you very much indeed. It's been a uh, another cracker. I hope you've enjoyed it listening at home. We are nine days away. Well, actually, I am eight days away from the draft because it's quarter past one in, in the <laughs> yes. morning. So the draft is closer for me than it is for you fuckers. So, um, yeah. And uh, next, until... week, next week's our big, big draft show. We'll go round exactly. and round just like last year. We're looking forward to it. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. 